Welcome to the Witty and Gritty Podcast, where we believe that lifelong learning and relentless determination are essential to developing your passions and reaching your goals. Here to help you along the way are the hosts of the show. Take it away, ladies. Hey, y'all. I'm Brooke. And I'm Farron. As educators and high achievers, we're passionate about providing our listeners with effective strategies to help navigate life's obstacles and reach your goals sooner. Join us as we break down credible research that gives you a fresh perspective and challenges your limiting beliefs. Laugh and grow as we share personal anecdotes and interviews from people that have demonstrated what it takes to be successful. By implementing these practices, you will develop your unique skill set and learn how to better serve your community. Get your mind right. And enjoy this time designed just for you. Okay, Farron, I have a question before we get started with episode 66. The word, okay? I'm not going to say the word, I'm going to spell it. Uh-huh. And you tell me how you say the word, and if you're listening, I need you to think about how you say the word. R-O-U-T-E. You forgot to say that one of us is right, and the other one is apparently wrong. One of us is right, and the other one is left mm. behind with the wrong way to say it. The answer or, is right. I was going to say, are we going to say the word at the same time? No, one, two, three. Because then they don't know who said what. You're right. So, Farron, you say... Oh, I am right. It is route. You're right. It's... You're right that I'm right. It's root. Root is R-O-O-T. Okay, but English is weird, and it's root. I'm going to go on this root. And the song, Route 66. Root beer, R-O-O-T. Okay, if we're going to do that... Plant roots. Okay, how about pour, P-O-U-R, pour a beverage, and then tour... T O U R, should it be tour? <laughs> English is hard. You know what another one is? You know what my mom says? Tell me. She doesn't say wash. She says wash. Okay, but your parents aren't from Texas. But they're not from another country. It's just Nebraska. <laughs> I know a lot of. <laughs> Actually, I know a Iowa. lot of people who say wash. Wash? Are you saying W R S H wash? Okay. What about theater? Theater. It's not theater. It's theater. Theater. Are you saying theater? Theater. What about a pit bull? Pit bull. Some people go pit bull. The accent. The accent. Mm. Second one. What about okay. umbrella? Umbrella. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if Jacob says that one in. How does he say it? I can't think of it now. Jacob, tell us. Umbrella. So. Uh, umbrella. It's an umbrella. <laughs> okay. Umbrella. Umbrella. No. Umbrella. What's interesting is how <laughs> different people say words different ways, so it's only logical to think that people think different ways. Which brings us to episode sixty six. The Enneagram. Okay, episode sixty five was our introduction to the book The Path Between Us by Suzanne Stabile. It is sequel, is that the right word? I like it. The sequel. next the accompaniment of the road back to you so that was we read the road back to you and did a book study on it 11 through 17 if you want to learn basics of the enneagram if you're going what's the enneagram then 11 through 17 start there if you're stuck and you don't know what your number is reach out we'll help you so there's that yes next book this one the path between us it's so road back to you how to find your number path between us how to make your numbers play nice together yeah using what you know about your number and maybe your partner's number your friend's number your family members numbers 
once you have the information, how can you use that to improve your relationships? Right. We, like Brooke said, encourage you to go back and read The Road Back to You. But if you chose this as your starting point, it's not the end of the world. She does do a good job of it's elaborating. It's the end of the world as we know it. She does a good job what is of it? elaborating and introducing the numbers enough so you understand the rest of the content. And as usual, we're going to encourage you to go out and purchase this book. We're going to just pick up on some stuff that resonated with us, but there's so much meat left on this bone for y'all. You're definitely going to want your own copy at home. I like it when you say that phrase. Just... Meat on the bone. Yeah. <laughs> I picture ribs and like when it just falls right off the bone. Oh my goodness. I need some barbecue. <laughs> okay. So last episode was the introductory to this book. This episode, we are focusing on eights, nines, and ones. And that is a triad. That's the anger or gut triad. So we both fall into this triad. And we like it here. So there. For the most part, yes. It's a triad <laughs> because there are, in fact, nine numbers divided into three groups. Try, three, try, try. Tri, triad. It's science and prefixes. And math. <laughs> Look at that. We are educating. So educators. we're starting on chapter, or we're starting on eights because the running joke is that you have to get eights in the room and get them the information fast because they will walk out because they don't really care. So, if you're an eight who cares about the Enneagram, proud of you for sticking around. Good job. And you don't have to admit you like it. It's okay. Some of y'all might be listening to this in secret, and that's fine. We're glad you're here. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> okay, so the little tagline with the section eight, it says, vulnerability is not weakness. And I know all the eights just disagreed. Yes, because for some reason, eights can have it in their head that vulnerability is in fact Weakness, which is not accurate. And another way of saying vulnerability is expressing how you, your feelings. Yeah. Not like just the loud, strong ones. If you want to know more about vulnerability, there's a mini series for that. Tell Episodes me more. 28 through 38. And we went through Brene Brown's Daring Greatly. And that was a huge breakthrough for me, being a one perfectionist, trying to like not show that side. So, same thing with eights, the challengers. They might need a little refresher on vulnerability. Yeah, so if you hear that vulnerability is important, but you're not buying into it, and you want to see how years of research and what it's all shown, definitely check out Brene's book, Be Money, right? Be Money. Brene Brown's book, um, because I think you'll find her research very fascinating. So, the way we're going to break down eights, nines, and ones, and then on to the next triad, on to the next triad, we're going to talk about three main points how eights can be the most effective and improve their relationships. The second point is how you can love your eight friends well and develop that relationship. So what can an eight do to improve themselves? What can you do to improve the relationship between you and an eight? And then we'll get very specific with how should a one help an eight? How should an eight help a one? And there we go. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. All right, we're diving in. How can eights be most effective to improve their relationships. And we did, we already kind of started with this one, but if eights can recognize that denying their being vulnerable, um, you can't not be vulnerable and have a successful relationship. To me, when you are vulnerable with someone and you take that step, it's a whole different level of intimacy. So if you are trying to, you know, put up this front 
with someone that you care about and they never get to see that part of you, like how is your relationship ever going to get to the depth of intimacy that you'd want in a meaningful relationship? Right, so don't deny your vulnerability. Another thing that eights should not be doing is trying to solve every problem through action and strength. You can't just bulldoze over or you can't just say, I'm right, you're wrong, we're doing this. That's not going to be the best way to foster relationships. Building off that one, it's important to recognize that you might thrive on stress as an eight, but other people don't. For right. some people in stressful situations, they're going to shut down. And that's just their approach to those scenarios. So, um, you know, try to not put what you're able to do on other people because they're not all like you. Right. And also, deadlines, eights like deadlines and the stress and the pressure of a deadline, but other numbers do not. So, again, if we're speaking with work life, so deadlines, that might be a thing for some people and some, for not some people, but instead of some things that you can't do, like denying vulnerability or solving everything by bulldozing, here are some things you can do. So, if you're in a leadership role, make sure you are being respectful. To other people's opinions, it's going to be hard for you when a coworker comes in and has a complaint and you're wondering, why can't you just do your job? That's going to be a thing for eights. I'm sure they say it eight times a day. Why can't you just do your job? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's that. I think in that situation, if you just know, we're not saying you have to agree to everyone else's ideas, but if you can just demonstrate that when they come to you, their thoughts and ideas were heard. Yeah. That you've recognized them and that you've listened to them. We're not saying eights just need to cave and go with everybody right. else's idea all the time. But it would be silly to not value your people's opinion. Because if they're not liking their job... She gives anecdotes in the book, actually, in this section about someone is being evaluated by an eight. And she comes in and says, like, I really feel like you're just a bully to me. And that lady did not last in that position very much longer because the eight was like... Why can't she just do her job? <laughs> yeah. And so if, you know, you kind of, we've said this before, if your relationships are constantly like falling apart, what's the common factor there? Right. You. If you're the common factor. Mm -hmm. Not saying that the others didn't have their own part to take responsibility for, but maybe you need to turn and take a closer look at yourself. That's true. Okay. All right. So how you can love your eight friends well right you have more than eight friends though Farron. <sighs> do i i don't know last mini series i did that the whole time and you were like brooke you have more than four friends <laughs> <laughs> yeah! man i forgot payback payback okay okay um this is something that i had a, i've gotten glimpses of in life is these really strong tough take charge people that don't seem like they need anything from anybody they actually do. Yes. Um, even if it's being invited out for drinks after a work party. Sometimes you're like, well, they don't actually care about relationships. Why would they want the invite? Mm -hmm. And then like one day they're all yelling about something that didn't get done. And they're like, and on top of that, you never invite me for happy hour. <laughs> and you're like, wait. You want to go to that? You want an invite? Oh, oh, okay. Now I know. You wanted me to break, you wish you got a Starbucks mm -hmm. in the morning? Oh, so even though eights appear to be strong, they're always going to want that. But they do enjoy the little things that let them know that they're a thought, that you care about them. Yeah. 
So being married to an eight, I can echo on that too, Farron. So at the end of the day, Morgan just wants to know that he's been heard and respected. Not necessarily, and that sounds kind of, that sounds a little heard and respected, but my book study group, we read Love and Respect. I can't remember who it's by. I'll put it in the show notes. But it was such a game changer because I didn't understand what respect looked like in a relationship besides just like, you want a home-cooked meal? Got a home-cooked meal. You know, I was, I, I would have a hard time feeling bitter. So the respect is more of how, that's how I love him well. I use the word love. He used the word respect. We both mean the same thing. So it was very interesting reading about eights. They stew, they, they still need care. They still need to know at the end of the day, like, you're going to be their constant. And because their, their fear is being betrayed. So if you can keep giving that assurance, then they will love you to the day you die. What is, I feel like you've quoted that book before, something about like women need love and men need respect. Yes. So, so and that goes back to the Bible verse where it's like, um, wives submit to your husbands, and I don't remember the exact words there, but it's not so much bow to me, wife, but more so of if we're in a disagreement, I'm going to defer to you. Or out of respect, if I want to do, if I want to spend like however much money on this one thing, it's just, it's not that they'll say no or not care, but it's just wise and honorable to just say, hey, can I go to this? And you're not like asking for permission, but you're just being respectful. So that's how that would look. And the other part of the verse, a lot of people cut that off. Wives, yeah. respect your husbands. But there's the other half of the verse where it's honor or love your wife and honor your wife like Christ loved the church. So he actually died for the church. So, you know, sacrifice yourself, babe. Come on, work more hours so I can go out. <laughs> I think we're getting the better end of the bargain. I agree. They got to they gotta die to self. Sure, I'll respect you and you just mm-hmm. go over there and mm-hmm. die for me. Sounds good. Love you, babe. <laughs> uh, this other point I, has really made a big impact on my life. I was all about the golden rule. Why can't everyone just follow the golden rule? Treat others how you want to be treated. And after studying the Enneagram, and I'm like, Everyone is doing the golden rule. It just turns out it doesn't necessarily work. If you treat everybody else how you want to be treated, they might not want to be treated that way. So like an eight wants all communication to be brief, straightforward, and truthful, which I just, that turns to like harsh to me, like sums just straight to the point, like, blah, no setup, no like good feelies at the beginning, around it. a soft <laughs> delivery, and some more fluffies at the end. Like, that's how I want to be treated. Mm, rip the Band-Aid. No. <laughs> so just think, like, they're treating, if they come across that way, it's not really personal. They're trying to do the golden rule. They're mm-hmm. trying to treat you how they would want to be treated. Right. Man, it makes me think of love languages. And I know we said this in our Road Back to You series, that, like, if quality time is my love language, but acts of service is your love language, and I keep trying to spend time with you, and you keep trying to do stuff while I'm trying to spend time with you. Yeah. Like, wait, we're both trying to love each other, but it looks two totally different ways. Exactly. So, yes, love your people, but if you want to love them well and love them better, this is some insight for you. Something else I liked on this part where it talked about relationships with eights, it says, bring your best effort to anything you do. And I mean literally anything, whether it's making the bed, 
playing volleyball, even if you're not good at volleyball. You better bring your A game, even if you're not good. At least effort needs to be maxed out every time. you're reading to your kids, you better use character voices. So this is funny. Morgan actually does that. So I didn't realize. So Morgan's this before we had kids all like tough guy. And I'm like, oh man, thank you God for giving us girls first because it needed to, his heart needed to soften. (laughs) So it's funny because he's never going to hear me say that. So... I walk around the corner and I hear him and he's using like every voice imaginable. And so I just stood there and listened to him read. I was like, this is awesome. But he 100% Mm -hmm. in everything. He is 100% all of the time. And did you know, I didn't know this until reading this book, eights have the most energy out of any other number on the Enneagram. And it makes so much sense now. Yeah. I also feel like eights need to recognize that when they feel like, why can't everyone keep up with me? Yeah. God. Exactly that. And the poor fives are like, my energy tickets are spent, so I gotta I gotta go home. See you tomorrow. No rally? No. Actually see you in two days. I need a full day. Yeah, to maybe a week. This is a lot. <laughs> I don't know if I wanna be around you ever again. <laughs> <laughs> OMG. I'll send you a card. That's a five. Okay, so now we're going to talk about being specific with the numbers so how can a one and an eight interact and so on and so forth yes and so brooke you are a one Mm -hmm. and morgan is an eight yes and so um you know she mentions how ones might analyze the problem whereas eights are only looking for the solution well and so it's interesting because reading that it's like wait i i felt like i was solution oriented like i would see a problem and then Let's streamline it. But then that's exactly what it just says. Like, I'll see the problem and then try to figure out the best, most effective system in order to make it flow. Uh, yeah. Whereas opposed to him, he's like, just do it. Just do the things. And it do, it's okay if you don't have to plan it out. Just do it. If it doesn't work, we'll do something else. If that doesn't work, we're going to do something else. Yeah, yeah. it's okay to have a, a plan. We'll just make it fit. We'll make the square peg fit through the circle hole. It'll work. Yes, just force it through. Yeah. So I would say advice there would be include them. So if you notice a problem, hey, eight, can you think of a solution to this, this, this? And they'll have one and try it out and then try out another one. Yes. <laughs> it doesn't work. That goes back to the eights slowing down to listen to someone else too. right okay so that was eights and ones together so now we're going to talk about twos and fives and that's because eights twos and fives they're kind of connected so an eight in stress is going to go to go to the number five and an eight in security is going to go to a two yes so for twos um eights benefit from that aspect of feeling Feeling what others need. So if they can tap into that aspect of the two, that's going to be very helpful. And then for fives, if they can tap into that, um, fives move a bit slower. So if they can slow, if an eight is with a five, they're just going to have to learn to move a bit slower. Like we talked earlier with the energy piece, they're going to have to take that into consideration. Well, that in the Bible talks a lot about rest. And threes, eights, and sevens have a hard time just resting and enjoying that so that might be a really good thing to tap into like you were saying Farron. yeah and speaking of threes and sevens threes sevens and eights like you just said brooke have a lot of energy and they're constantly focused on the future right what's so, coming up next again being able to we so we have a 
We have seven friends. <laughs> and they're always down for anything, which is great because if the eight's down and has the energy to go do something, they'll always have a buddy to go do it with. So if you need a seven and you're an eight, go find you a seven, and that's going to help. Yes. I definitely think my mom is a seven wing eight because she has the energy but will also force people to do the fun things with her. You will have fun. What do you say? You will get out on that dance floor. Yes. Oh my gosh. That is her. Because she actually dragged Morgan out on the dance floor the first time she met him. Yeah. You're going to, you don't have a choice. You will have fun. (laughs) Morgan still talks about that. (laughs) Well, she leaves a lasting impact on everyone she meets. Big facts. Love you, girl. Eights and fours. This is quite the interesting combination because eights... And fours are very intense and very passionate, and it looks so different. Yes, I believe my youngest brother is a four, and that my mom is an eight. And the conversations are quite interesting. Like a seven-wing eight? Yeah, well, in conflict, though, Mm -hmm. she kind of can go towards... Exercise that wing. Yes. (laughs) And so, they... Sometimes you wonder if they're even having the same conversation, but they're both so intense, so surely they're hearing each other. I don't know. What's interesting is that the the fours are the big feelers, and the eights are more dismissive of the feelings. Like, okay, yes, I'm angry. I'm over it in 10 seconds. Or, or, yeah, that's really sad. Okay, moving on. Where fours really like to dwell on that. And so, again, both the inten- intensity, both the passion. Yes, my mom critical. wants to fix the feelings and max is like i'm gonna stay in these feelings yeah and the more you try to say i can fix it i'm gonna just sit here yeah heels dug nothing wrong with either but opposing sides right okay eights and sixes i like this one's funny to me because eights are like the knee-jerk reaction Mm -hmm. like how do we solve this problem like this whereas a six is gonna be like okay i need a flow chart if we try this and then this works and then this this is this domino effect yeah. So it's just funny to see how those are two totally different approaches. And you can only imagine for an eight that like gets an idea and wants to implement it with a six who wants a plan A, B, C, mm-hmm. D, E, F. Or is even like, have you thought about this? Like the consequence of that? Nah, we're just going to do it. And an eight's like, you don't even know that that's going to happen until you try it. So just do it. So <laughs> uh, I feel like you're a fly on the wall in my house right now. Oh, I don't. <laughs> I just. I've worked with a lot of eights. That's so funny. I've worked with a lot of Okay, eights with eights. This one can be... I can't imagine. Intense, passionate, and just side note, I think, really loud. <laughs> TV loud, snoring loud, eating loud, talking loud. Yeah. Playing I'm music loud. Hearing two eights talk to each other, you constantly think they're <laughs> fighting. And then if you listen to the content of the conversation, you're like, oh, no. They're having a great time. Yeah, they're just equally... Making ears bleed all over the world. Yeah. Oh my goodness. The conversation heard around the world. That's what that's going to be. My favorite part, especially because Morgan and I do have, in fact, a fascinating relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Baron's a nine, nine, Morgan's an eight. This is hilarious. Yeah. It's so, to quote her, an eight can have a fascinating relationship with a nine. I, my favorite thing is watching you poke the bear. It's hilarious because me and Jacob will just sit back and be like, this is awesome. It's happening because Morgan will say something and then you come right back, devil's advocate, and then I'll say something and you come right back with another thing. Yeah, get it, girl. I feel like I know how to like feel the fire and then 
put it out. Yes. So like, peacemaker, get him all, like mad, and then just a one liner, and it's over. And yeah. he's over it too because yeah. no feelings. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it is hilarious, guys. Next time you see Farron and Morgan together, pick a hot topic and then just get your popcorn. <laughs> okay, so that is the eights, the challenger. That's the first in the anger gut triad. And now we're going to go to nines. I don't want to. We're going. We're going. The peacemaker, which is Farron's number. Let's dive in. Number nine, the peacemaker, risking conflict for connection. No, I don't want to. You can do it, Farron. No, we can connect without conflict. <laughs> All right, so relationships, four nines. So how you, Farron, can improve your relationships and be amazing. Yes. Amazing girl. Well, according to the book, it says <laughs> that you can't avoid conflict. And mm. I do understand that other people can't avoid conflict. But I, in fact, can. You are the anomaly. <laughs> <laughs> You're the only one in the world. No. So, I, I think to follow that up, like if it stops there... Kind of like the eights, if you say vulnerability is important in relationships, and they go, and like projectile vomit or gag. Same thing with this one. When you say that conflict is unavoidable, I'm like, shut your face. <laughs> yes, I sure can. Is. But don't really <laughs> shut your face. I don't want to cause a conflict. Um, <laughs> Already mad. She, she follows it up with the whole, there's no such thing as a healthy relationship. Um, that, you know, where you're avoiding anger and conflict and all that. And so I will say that when I avoid conflict, I feel like the other person probably is having an awesome time in the relationship. Oh, yeah, they'll do whatever I need them to. But do you know who suffers in that? The nines. Mm. So I might think it's a healthy relationship because my partner's really happy, or my coworker's really happy, mm -hmm. or my friend is very happy. But in fact, that relationship, it, that takes two. Right. So if you evaluate maybe my state into the equation, it's going to bring it down. So like my partner might be a nine, but I'm like a negative four. And so then the relationship's really only a five and not a nine. If we're averaging happiness level on a scale from zero to ten. We're doing math here, people. Keep <laughs> up. All the numbers. So I like that, Farron. And also, you can't. It talks about you can't just set your feelings aside so that you can just maintain other relationships. So exactly what you said. You can't just, okay, it's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. I want to preserve the relationship at all costs. But like you mentioned, that's not really preservation. That's, yes. That can only sustain itself for, until you break. So, and then you're carrying the whole weight. Yeah. So nines don't have a lot of energy and all conflicts are going to require a lot of energy. Right. So we can trick ourselves into saying that I'm not really avoiding this conflict for them or for our relationship. I'm doing this for myself by putting my feelings aside. It doesn't seem like that. It seems like I'm actually kind of getting away with something here because I don't have to put all the energy, emotional, everything, investment into that conflict. And that is actually a bigger win than sharing how I feel. So nines have the lowest energy out of all the Enneagram numbers. So eight, most energy, followed by threes and sevens. And then nine has the lowest amount of energy. So if you are in a relationship with a nine, 
just know that if you're going to bring up something that's a sore topic, it's going to take so much energy out of them that you've just got to make sure you're caring for them as well. You can't just have this fight or bring up this conflict and then not do anything afterwards because that's just going to leave them drained. Yeah, like when they just really want to go to bed and they tell you everything's okay. Everything is okay. They just, they're spent. If they need some time with themselves afterwards, they're not sitting there, you know, smoldering. They're, they're spent. They're and done. they don't have the energy to smolder. They're, they're done. <laughs> they're not, they're was, not going to be thinking about that later. I was thinking of Flynn Rider. When he smolder. Goes, Here comes the smolder. <laughs> Must be having an off day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, tangled. Yes. yes. Okay, so that was what you can do for your yourself as a nine. So now we're switching gears. What can others do for their nines or their nine friends? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so just know that nines have their own desires So and their dreams and their aspirations, their goals. Pick their brain about it. Yeah. They're not going to just bring it up. No, even when you ask us the first one or two times, it's still not worth the energy or if you don't agree with it. We rather agree with you because the disappointment of you agreeing with us is not worth it. It's mm-hmm. not worth it. Right. I'm going to be, if I say that I'm making the choice to agree with you, then it's like it was my decision. Whatever you're deciding was my decision because I already made the choice that I'm going to agree with you. But if I put out there what I want and then you're like, no, I'm sure not going to try to argue for it. And then second of all, that was... A waste of emotional energy that I didn't need to waste because I don't got much mm-hmm. to spare. Right. So even if it's so, you and I go on Starbucks dates, Farron, and even that, you just whenever we open up and talk about whatever, that takes a lot more energy for you to give and expend than it does for me. Like I could, I'll just go on to my secure number, fill seven, and then just woohoo, let's talk about dreams and goals. It's amazing. And you're mm-hmm. like, yeah, it is awesome. Okay, I gotta go to bed. Yes. <laughs> And I think, I don't know that this applies to all nines, but because we seek peace, like, I have a hard time hearing other people's tough times because I want to fix it, being a one-to-one kind of problem solver. I've already thought through it for you. Um, But then, like, if you're unsettled, like, I'm unsettled. Like, I can definitely go there pretty fast. So, um, that just sounds, like, awful but sometimes, like, maintaining relationships, that can sometimes take a lot from you. It's just a weird place to be in because you want to show up for your friends. But you just have to have the energy to show up for some people. Right. And it talks about in the book how nines really need their alone time to just either process or rest and relax. So if you are really wound up and stressed and you know a nine, you need to get with them on how to rest. Because I feel like y'all are just really naturally good at that. Yeah, I think it's because when no one else is around, we don't have to think about keeping everyone else's peace. We Ooh. can just be at peace. But when someone else is around, subconsciously, we're constantly like, how can I maintain their peace? And again, I feel like there's control in that. That I'm choosing to maintain my peace by keeping their peace. Because if they're peaceful, then I can stay peaceful. Right. So in her book, she jokes about how nines aren't going to jump off the cliff, but they'll let you if you want to. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you do you. If you want to jump off that cliff, baby, go ahead. We're just like, hey, you want to go out tonight? Nah, but you go ahead. Yeah, you should really do that. 
Because I know that's going to make you happy. Good. Yeah, you go do that. yeah. But you don't need me to do that with you. Right. Why don't you go call someone else who's not a nine? <laughs> yes. And so I, Fill in the blank. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, in the sevens. Go call all your sevens. Um, we kind of touched on this, but she talks about how nines give a lot. And that um, if you aren't being aware of that, it's easy to take advantage. And I think what it is, is like you don't know how generous we're being because we're agreeing with you on a lot of things but you don't know how much that like maybe we weren't exactly thrilled Mm -hmm. about doing Mm -hmm. but you're like but you didn't give me anything you agreed like that's what you wanted to do too and so you don't know how many like we talked about making deposits and withdrawals you don't know how many withdrawals you've actually already taken because we're pretty good at being like yeah that sounds great yeah that's what I want to do yeah Mm-hmm. But you've already like taken six. And then here goes the cycle of avoiding the conflict. Yeah, so then I'm like, okay, that friend takes a lot. I'm going to, I love her. We're in a new break. Come mm-hmm. back around. Mm-hmm. Come back around. So, yes. Okay, so now we've talked about how nines can help themselves with their relationships. How, generally speaking, we can help nines with their with how we interact with them. So now let's get specific Let's get specific, specific. For example, <laughs> nines and ones. Do you know any nines and ones? Brooke? I happen to know the greatest nine and the greatest one. <laughs> and here we are delivering this wisdom to you. What? So nines and ones. I like this part because it's it says nines want to stay on the fence. Basically, the one just wants to push the nine off the fence. <laughs> I just need you to make a choice. <laughs> Like, we can, yeah, all these are really great ideas. Thank you, Farron. Let's pick. (laughs) (laughs) Apples or oranges? Let's go. But I haven't read which one you want yet. And I haven't decided if I'm willing to, you know, concede on that or not yet. I think the great thing about the nine and one balance is there's, the nine is like, okay, hey, let's really kind of think about this. And the one's like, okay, now that we've thought about it, Let's move forward even if it's scary. That's where the courage piece comes in. So the processing, let's do that. And then let's step forward if we know that's the decision we need to make. Mm -hmm. Love it. The next one is nines and twos. And I believe my dad is a two. We've talked about Enneagram, and he thinks he's a two as well. And we have a great relationship. Um, But we definitely have had different conversations. Um, She talks about how twos, again, they're really good at reading other people. Um, but sometimes they can have a sensitivity to reacting to what other people do and say. And um, some twos I know might take that personally and feel like they need to fix it or help it or do it, something with it. And so the nine in me just tries to say, maybe you don't need to jump in on this one. I, I know they said this, but I don't think that was an invitation mm-hmm. to solve the problem or... Did you convey what you needed or did you, you know, some of that similar expect them to just know and give back what you're, since you've helped them so much. So Mm -hmm. that's helped. Nines are connected to threes and sixes. So when a nine is stressed out, they're going to go to a six. And when they're secure, they're going to access the three. So accessing certain numbers. So it says the book, in the book that nines need the confidence of a three. So, Farron, you know all the right decisions. Nines know all the best choices because they've thought about it. They're on the fence still a lot of the times, so they know it's right. So now let's tap into the confidence factor 
and go forth. Yeah, and just to touch on what you said there, I know it's right, but I'm on the fence because I'm deciding what about the energy spent and mm-hmm. the conflict. The collateral the damage. Yes. Mm-hmm. So even though you know what to do, you've thought it through, and you know it. The hardest thing and the right thing are the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jacob is a three. That's my husband. And so he is really good at speaking confidence. So originally we thought he was a two. Yes. So what has made you decide maybe that he's a three? Other than Jacob's not going to read this book, so. <laughs> <laughs> he's high energy, high achiever. Um, cutting corners is not a great word because especially with my one wing cutting corners just sounds like the worst possible thing um and especially in his job like he fixes houses and stuff so it's not unsafe cut corners but he'll if there's a cheaper alternative we're doing it or if there's a better way to make this function we're doing it yeah and if you miss a tiny speck when you paint that's fine so my mom and my husband work together a lot, and she is a perfectionist when it comes to everything, painting and remodeling. And Jacob's like, I can't put a million dollars into a house and then sell it for $150,000. Not going to work. going to work. So I've just noticed that kind of, it's even like loading the dishwasher. There's a right way. Tetris. I, yeah, so I'm going to like put it in there, and he's like, just get it done. And, you know, I wash the dishes before I put them in the dishwasher. And he's like, he'll give them a good scrub, cut some corners, in in my opinion. (laughs) But do the dishes come out clean? They sure do. And so there's things that if he sees me doing them slow and methodically in his mind, he's like, just let me do it. When he wants it done, he'll cut the corners. And then I'm actually kind of happy that it's done. So, it, I mean, it works out. That makes sense. But he does. He gives me the confidence to go back to that part. He is really good at pepping me up, and he knows that I know the right thing. And so he's really good at just pushing to achieving and all that. So I appreciate his support. I like how you talked about how we originally thought he was a two, and now you think he's a three. So mm-hmm. you guys listening, if you – this is why – you want to read the book yourself instead of taking a quiz because a quiz can misdiagnose you or it's hard to guess someone else's number. If they don't know anything about the Enneagram, you just have to go off of your relationship. So, Farron, you've been married to Jacob. Y'all been with y'all been together for 15 years? <laughs> right? Together? Yeah, you've been together for 15 years. Oh, five? Yeah. 20? Five plus 15 is, in fact, 20. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the fastest mental math I've ever done in my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, and it's taken, it's it's okay if you're not sure of your number or if you're not sure of someone else's number, and then you realize, oh, okay, now that I'm diving into this more and I'm learning more, then this is, I can, I can figure it out. So I think that's great that you brought that up. And in this little section too, before we move on to the next nines and another number, she talks about the desire to be unaffected by life. And I definitely find myself like wishing I just didn't care so much I just don't want to be affected by life like why does this bother me I don't if I just cared less Mm -hmm. then I would expend less energy like a six and stress does on all the things Mm -hmm. in life so that really resonated with me as a nine it's very fascinating so when I read that part of the book I was like "Eh, all right 
But then you're like, wait, 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 wait. We need to talk about this. Yeah. That's just, just interesting how it just hits home with you differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just wish I didn't care. Again, the things, if you're reading the book, if they are cringeworthy, you're getting close to your number. Mm-hmm. So tap into that. Okay, nines and fours. So remember, fours are that super passionate, intense number, but it's all about emotions and feeling all those things, which can be super draining for a nine. So again, make sure you're honing it in and having that communication. Yeah, I feel like you might know some fours that actually seek out conflict. I, I want to feel it. something. Not in the same way as like an eight. Mm-hmm. But I want to fight something. <laughs> yes, they want to have a debate about things. Um, so that's some fours. Uh, my youngest brother, I have given him the number four as well. <laughs> and we actually have a pretty good relationship, but I think there's a mutual understanding of staying surface level on a lot of things. Um, we can have deep, but then like the things we've found that we both are passionate about, we'll go deeper on. Right. But he is a four. If he wanted to, he could try to come at me passionate about a lot of things, but I think he knows my reaction is going to be like shut down and ultimately that's not the relationship he wants to have with me. I love you. I don't want to talk about this thing. But occasionally we find things that we are both passionate about and it's not a draining topic. Yeah. It might even be like work stuff that we vent about that's similar. We're like, dang, yeah, that's happening here too. Mm -hmm. But like getting to share, have someone passionately be angry about the same things that I'm not voicing up, it does. Printer's always out of toner. Yeah. So um, that's how we get along. That's really good advice. I like that. Fours are like this mystery to me. Mm -hmm. So. I like that you shared that. And we'll get to you guys, you fours, next week. Except they don't think they're any of these numbers. You're right. You, the one four in the world. We'll talk about your one number (laughs) next week. Okay, nines and fives. So this is the part where nines do have to reach out and ask for what they need. Because the five is just, they're already thinking about all the things. Yes. So my mother-in-law is a five. And I think... Shout out. Yes. She's awesome. I think we get along really well. Because she's so easygoing and I don't have to try to help her keep her peace because she's pretty, she's pretty mm. chill. Yeah. I don't have to worry about eggshells or anything Betty's like one that. of those that she's got it together. Yes. But I do definitely feel like, I don't know why, and it's not anything to Betty, but just like, if I ask something, is this going to cause a conflict or what if this is the thing that mm. she'll... That all upset. Nothing's ever upset her before. <laughs> but if this is the thing. So, <laughs> Full um, of regrets. But, you know, we had a conversation, I don't know how long ago. I have no sense of time. But maybe, like, two or three years into the marriage. And she just was like, so can we, like, just get past this whole, like, mother-in-law, daughter-in-law thing and just, like, be normal? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, Music I to we, my ears. Like, I thought we were, I thought we were... But, you know, that was kind of her way of, like, well, let's just, we're good. Yeah. You're good. I'm good. We love each other. We're good. Let's be good. Like, I know we're still going to respect each other, but just just breathe, like, shoulders down, relax. Like, we're all good here. So, anyhow. Good for that five speaking up. She does ask Because that took, a, that took, that was good that she said that, because then you don't have to worry about that ever. I've you have to spend your energy thinking about it. At telling her how I do want my eggs, because when we come <laughs> stay at her house... She makes eggs so and toast, and 
I appreciate that. I love a hot breakfast because I don't get hot breakfast hardly ever. And so I have, I like I've, asking for salt was a big deal for me because I like salt on my eggs, but I didn't want to like offend or anything. So anyways, mm -hmm. we've come a long way. Betty's awesome. I'm proud of you for asking for salt for your eggs. Oh my gosh. And you do get hot breakfast. You get coffee. Oh, that's not food. <laughs> not good enough? All right. <laughs> All right, nines and sevens. Remember, sevens are one of the most energetic numbers. So something that nines could and should do is not just go along with whatever the seven says, just to avoid a conflict or fragmentation or kind of that separation. I got lots of B12 shots growing up. <laughs> oh my gosh. They didn't help. <laughs> Still a nine, mom. You can't change me. <laughs> but if you think about it, a seven and nine relationship, a seven is going to be concerned about the nine's yeah. energy. Are you okay? Yeah. You got to um, get your blood work done. And so I do talk out consequences with my mom from time to time. And it, it's only when she asks, you know, if she's, if something's upsetting her and she thinks she needs to go do something. Sometimes we have to talk about like, but is that going to get you the outcome you want? Um, so anyways, I love, I love that my mom's a seven. There's probably a lot of things in life that I sure would have never done if I didn't have a mom as a seven. So I'm glad I have someone to pull me out of my comfort zone. There you go. Good all job. All the time. Every Not day. Some the time. All the time. Moment by moment. Yes. All right. Eights and nines. So again, thinking back to the Morgan Farron relationship, I it, it talks about how if nines show up and they're honest and real, mm -hmm. that's going to gain a lot of respect for the nine, for the eight. Let me tell you. I'm going to avoid an eight all the time. Like the plague. All the time. But unfortunately, fortunately, there are, <laughs> there are lots of eights in workplaces because they make awesome employees. And there are lots of eights in leadership roles because they can do all the things. And so what I've found is exactly what she recommends. If you can be present... So engage in the conversations, uh, engage in the problem solving, and be real. So I contribute to the conversation, I show that I'm listening, and then when I present a solution, the way I show up real is with facts and data and experience. And so that has, when I was a baby teacher my first couple of years, I didn't have that approach and eights ruined my life. <laughs> OMG. They ruined everything. I'm not taking any responsibility for that. Avoid, uh, avoid, avoid. <laughs> but since eights are, you can't avoid them because eights are conflict. You hear them coming a mile away. Apparently you can't avoid conflict either. Um, I, it's just science. Being present makes them feel better. So again, engaging in the conversation, even if it's like a, yeah, you said blah, blah. So what I hear you saying is blah, 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 blah. Because then you're giving them a fact, which is real, and it agrees with what they said. But then you also need to jump in to gain their respect. You need to jump in when you know you're right. That's really so good advice. That's what I would say. Great. And then the eight's on your side, and they'll fight conflict for you. <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> oh, I love it. You brought your back up. Okay, nines with nines. I think the main point to drive home is speak up. And make sure 
You are not avoiding the conflict because then it's disengagement forever. You know what being in a relationship with a nine is like? Tell me. When it's like, no, you hang up first. No, oh my you gosh. hang up first. No, you hang up and first. And the one's like, give me the phone. <laughs> Beep. <laughs> uh, it's not, you're not going very many places and um, there's not much happening. It's fascinating hearing you talk about this. It's peaceful but you know you might look 10 years back and be like what have I done with my life yeah how did we get here yeah at what cost yeah Mm. food for thought no you go first oh that's exactly what it is yeah here here we go we're going we're actually going to the ones this is the perfectionist (laughs) haha your turn it's gonna be terrible I'm here for you. Terribly awesome. You just told me we can't avoid conflict. All right. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to have to push me off the fence this time. Okay. Rip the Band-Aid. This is the Enneagram 1, the perfectionist. And the little subtitle is, things could always be better. And if I had a dollar just for today, how many times I said, I wish there was a better way to streamline this, I'd probably have about $7. See, I don't like how yours aligns with your thought process. What do you mean? Like, your chapter title, Things Could Always Be Better. Like, you agree with that, right? Absolutely. Okay. And then mine was Risk Conflict for Connection. That, that was <laughs> That's your like call to action, Farron. Dagger to the heart. And yours is like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I agree with you. I'll read some But maybe this is more, maybe I read it. Maybe I misinterpreted it. Maybe it's my longing for, oh, everything could always be better. It's a never-ending story. Oh. But what I, I reframed that, and I definitely said, yeah, let's streamline everything, make everything better. Yeah, I'm here for that. <laughs> Leave it better than you found it. Oh, Lord. All right, coach me up, Farron. Okay, so this first part is improving relationships for ones. As in, what can I do? What can you do? What can I, as a human one... Do which is probably what you're always thinking for improvement. Yes, but who better to quote Amy Hampshire on episode 61? I think do better. Yes, I like on this page, but you probably don't like the some things are good enough. Do you ever say, eh, that's good enough? No, no, I either say, ugh, or all right, that'll do. Because it's it's great. Yeah, not good enough. It's great. So there is an anecdote in this chapter, and it talks about the guy is a one. He's assembling this piece of furniture, Mm. and he usually follows everything step by step because he's a one, and then he doesn't, and then it gets assembled wrong. So that resonated with me because in our old house, I let Morgan assemble the TV stand. And I, I also am really, my spatial intelligence is one of my stronger suits as opposed to like all the others. So I was like, here, Morgan, let me help you. Don't say that to an eight. And so then he built it wrong and I hated staring at it and it bothered me. Do you know that Jacob will not hang things on the wall with me? He makes my mother do it because again, a three a shortcut. I am a nine wing one. Mm-hmm. And so if it is not spaced out, I'm going to make him move it that inch. Yes. And I actually thought I was pretty bad about like, no, no. And then my good old friend, Brittany, <laughs> she worked with me last year and we got to hang in some bulletin boards. 
I mm. can't tell you how many we took down and moved over a half a millimeter just <laughs> so it would be even and level. Yes, there are, I, like I can name several things that are crooked right now in my house. People? Not nah. in your house. <laughs> no, no, just like. Not crooked people. Crooked things. Things. Oh, oh God. Yeah. I, this is why everyone needs counseling. <laughs> yes, well, speaking of counseling, inner critic is something that a lot of people struggle with. Did that section resonate with you? Having an inner critic that's constantly measuring your goodness and value. So what's interesting is that I didn't even realize I had a harsh inner critic. I thought that was normal. And then I read the road back to you and realized, oh my goodness, this is not normal. Not everyone has this voice in their head that is running rampant. I call her Lucy, short for Lucifer. Shut it down. And even after reading that Switch on Your Brain miniseries that we did last, this past previous one, that helped me figure out why I needed to shut the inner critic down. You're supposed to take captive your thoughts and filter them through a biblical worldview. So if I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm terrible because I didn't fold the towels right. Okay, number one, I'm not terrible. And then I can say, speak all the truths, the biblical truths into my head and then realize it's just a freaking towel. Yeah. It's going to be okay. It's about to get unfolded when I use it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> What about the one about being gracious when other people might not do things the way you think they should be done? So what has helped me is realize, is realizing how much I need grace. Not just for, obviously, because that's what the Bible tells us to do. But when I make mistakes, if someone points it out, it feels like a personal attack on my soul. And I hope and beg that they are going to give me grace through the situation because I'm not perfect as much as I want to be. And so if I am that hungry for grace, then I have got to give that to other people because if, if they gave the way, the grace the way that I used to give, it would not be good for me. So I like that you put those two together because I've read that a lot about ones that they can be harsh on others or when group projects and things might not turn out the way it should be done in their mind. And then you also read that ones aren't going to accept feedback, constructive criticism, always easily. It's going to be very painful. Mm -hmm. But to put those side by side, yeah. that like you took how you would like to receive grace to improve the way you um, give constructive feedback to others. Well, and I hadn't ever thought about it just like that until it just fell out of my mouth. Thank you, Jesus. But <laughs> I, and it has taken like this year or and a half or two years of us learning the Enneagram and putting all the pieces together. And then like you were saying, Farron, the golden rule, like for me, I've got to treat others with more grace because that's what I need the most from people. Mm -hmm. It's um, getting deep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm coming back to the surface. Thank you very much. I'm going to just shove you right back under. <laughs> um, Accurate. So you kind of already started down the path of how we can love ones better by saying, you know, if they make a mistake, that we're going to be very gentle and just know that it's overwhelming. Um, I think that you said before like when you and Morgan are having a disagreement <laughs> okay listen I debated on ever saying this on the podcast so but I, I guess 
the inner critic is so strong in me that sometimes, and again, it's like a constant daily battle of having to shut it down. So if you ever see me taking a minute, that's, that's what I'm doing. I'm shutting it down. But Morgan, he knows how to approach me. So he said, all I feel like you hear is me saying, I hate you, die. <laughs> so I was like, oh my gosh. And then we both laughed. And then I was like, wait, okay. Let me think through this. If that's my knee-jerk subconscious reaction, I need to retrain my brain about how, like, Morgan loves me. <laughs> he does not hate me. It'll be fine. No, so I'm really glad you shared that story because... It's so embarrassing. No, but, like, okay, <laughs> so I don't like conflict, and so oh. then when it happens, it's super not comfortable. But I don't know that I've been to the level of receiving feedback and it being that painful. So I think that's a good illustration that if you know anyone's any one ones that, <laughs> that they might be come across harsh on things, but they can't receive it like an eight might receive it. Because mm, they're, they're already saying it to themselves. Yeah. What they're saying to you, they say to themselves. And so when you say it, it's just like oh, much more reinforced. Yes. I knew that was how they felt. Ah, so Yeah. And then there's going to be like all this Oof. resentment and it's just not, not good. So proceed with care caution bubble wrap all the things wow yeah so i think it's important here to mention be careful that you don't make any offhanded remarks that you're just teasing because ones instantly say oh they're kidding not kidding they must really feel that way it's so funny okay so farron i'm gonna give you a scenario i'm ready we're at work lunch Mm -hmm. is over Mm -hmm. we go to our next meeting and the meeting's over, and we both talked in the meeting, and people were close to us. And then I say, Farron, you have something in your teeth. Mm-hmm. How does that make you feel? I wish you would have told me. Well, what if I just now saw it? Oh, that's fine. Okay, here's what I want is thinking. Oh, my gosh, there was something in my teeth. How long was it there? How many people stared at it? How many people didn't say? How, how silly did I look? Fast, all within, like, seconds. But, see, having something in my teeth doesn't really create a con- now if you say you sent out the wrong date to all these people for this upcoming meeting Mm. so if it's because you've inconvenienced to them right something in my teeth doesn't it if it bothered somebody they would have said it so apparently there was no harm we're good we're good oh that is so funny neogram is crazy y'all okay yeah i liked the offhanded remark one that one for sure I know it's, it, it may seem silly, but it does it does hurt the one. So what about the sticks and stones may break your bones? Oh, absolutely. will not hurt you. Uh, my deadly sin is anger slash resentment, so I'll remember exactly what you said. <laughs> For the rest of your life. Probably so. Dang, what have I said? I need, this is why ones extend grace and forgiveness because they are equally guilty and they need grace and forgiveness. So it just comes with lots of practice and lots of saying that out loud. So then, let's move into the numbers. What does a one with another one, what does that relationship look like? So I'm going to use my friend Lindsay, for example. Shout out. So I like how if we're just talking about something, whether one of us is passionate about it or not, we each totally understand why which decisions were made, and we both want to work on making it the best thing possible. So I can easily turn to her and be like, you know what I mean? She's like, yeah, for sure. That's what I would have done. Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> That's 
good that you can have. It's always nice to have someone that understands where you're coming from. Yes. That's the other great thing about an Enneagram or the Enneagram is knowing that there's someone else. There's other people out there that think like you do too. So Except for fours. Not, well, <laughs> yes. I was going to say you're not a weirdo, but then fours want to like be unique and the weirdos. And so that's fine. Another point with, with ones, my mom is a one and she does a really good job about helping me shut down my inner critic. You don't know that you're doing this, but thanks, Mom. You'll send me encouragements. So if I'm frustrated about how something went or the situation went awry, she's very quick to be like, this, 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 this. Like, send it to a text. Um, And she usually prefaces it with, you might not want to hear this right now, but here it is, and you can reread it later if you want. (laughs) Okay, great. Cool. So that is helpful. Yes. We have great moms. They give us what we need. Love you, girl. All right, ones with twos. So, do you see twos as not being able to stay focused? I thought that was kind of interesting. So, I think it's just focused on different things. One of my coworkers I'm close with is a two, and I think it nails it on the head when it says ones are practical and twos are relational. Mm. Like, in the background, if we're both trying to solve a problem together, in the background, I'm thinking logistics and practicality and streamlining, and she's thinking... How can we make people happy, functioning well, working well together? So I think when y'all are on the same page, it works very well together. Yeah, you can do it logistically, but get yeah. it across. And you and it's I like it because it's streamlined because you're taking care of both ends at the same time when you're game planning. Yeah, instead of first doing logistics and then mm-hmm. talking about delivery, mm-hmm. instead yes. divide and conquer. Yep, love it. Okay, how about threes and ones? So. I think the hardest thing here is we've said before, threes enjoy, threes, I don't know if they enjoy. Maybe that's just me being like, oh, Jacob, (laughs) he must enjoy it because he does it, in my mind, fairly often (laughs) on things that don't really matter. So why do I invest so much energy? But threes, again, the whole idea of shortcutting, whereas ones, they want it done Mm -hmm. right into a T. Right, so you don't have to redo it. Oh my gosh. See, even like me saying stuff in between... So reading through this little three section, I was adding on to the sentences, just like half joking with Farron. And then the very last line is, ones need to be careful about judging different paths toward the same goal. Like, well, all right. <laughs> <laughs> you were careful when you picked your witty, judgmental oh. comments. So again, going back to capturing the thoughts. So what, I think you said it earlier, the cutting corners phrase mm-hmm. hurts my soul. Yeah. So... It's more of, do we, is this a thing that we really need to have? Right. No. Then let's do it this way. It is more efficient. Right. Oh, okay. All right. So we don't necessarily need everything color coordinated. Okay. And yeah. I'll get my highlighters and highlight my own version, but there we go. You know what I, what I just got a vision in my head is at Austin College, remember the sidewalks that weren't really like... They would just kind of want, like, mm-hmm. they weren't real thought out, but I think no. there used to be buildings in certain places, mm-hmm. and so the sidewalks are still, they look like they go somewhere, but they don't make <laughs> sense. I'm sure they've updated them. Uh, they did, right? Towards the end when... There's one over by Kleiss? Is that, was, was that one of the oh. dorms? That was one I stayed in the freshman year. Gosh. There was a sidewalk that led to nowhere. Yeah. Just you know the, the book, Where the Sidewalk Ends? That's, yes. That's, that, that is, is Shel Silverstein's... College inspiration right there Sherman, Texas go check it out but <laughs> there were people that refused to not like they wouldn't cut across the grass they would like have to walk on the sidewalk yes is that necessary that's what a one does 
And one is going to follow the path, no matter how much longer it is. And the three is going to walk across the grass because it's faster. Yeah, who cares? So, that's the quarter cutting we're talking about. Not, not like, like being a cheat or anything. No. Yeah. Not safety. Or, or, yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, let's move on to ones and fours. So, fours have all the range of motions, every shade. Whereas mm-hmm. a one is just more has anger, <laughs> black and white, <laughs> black and white thinking. I would say um, something that has really helped me. I went to a counselor last year, and I haven't seen her since COVID. Miss you, girl. But she helped me learn how to turn and face my feelings, and she used that phrase. I'm like, what do you mean turn and face your feelings? I only got one. I spin around. It's all anger. So it it really helped get me out of this is right, this is wrong, and more of Oh, I can hold multiple feelings at one time. I I can be happy and sad at the same time. Or I can be thankful and still upset at the same time. I didn't realize I could carry multiple emotions at once and have that kind of blended feeling. Mm. Look at that. That's awesome. Yeah. We, I, inside out? <laughs> we've said it before, but not this episode. We are all for counseling and therapy. It's worked wonders for us, so we strongly encourage it. For sure. All right, ones and number fives. Um, so I do not do well with silence. Like if, even on this, if there's silence, I will randomly say something and then we have to go back and edit it out. Because, or you'll say bye yeah, at the end. Yeah, that's how that came to be. <laughs> but it, again, I just, I, th- I don't want anything to go wrong on this. So I'll just say something because nothing doesn't feel like the right thing. But do you feel like sometimes if you put something out there and someone doesn't give you an immediate response, they're... What's taking you so long? Are they judging (laughs) what you just said where they might just be processing it? Yeah, for sure. And I think learning more about fives, that's helped me realize that they they want more think time, which that's fine, as opposed to an eight just blurting out what they think. Or, I mean, fives and sixes prefer to think a little bit longer. Again, nothing's wrong with that. They just want to think through other options. Yeah. There are times that if, again, nine wing one, like if I share something and they're thinking, I immediately, inner critic comes on like, that was stupid. So stupid. They're trying to think of a polite way to get out to tell you how stupid that was. So, um, I like that. It said that fives are not actually judging you. They're just, they're thinking it through. Thank you for that. Yes. All right. Ones and sixes. Uh, sixes have come up with multiple plans, multiple ways, but ones, they have the right way. So I think with, and maybe, maybe I'm still learning here. So sixes have all the possible ways of doing this one thing. Ones have thought about that, but they've found the best one. So they know, but for them, that's plan A. And then if that doesn't work, then we're going to flow chart it down. But sixes might see it a bunch of different ways all at once. So that's my thinking. I don't know. I have to ask you, Megan. You're six. I have to get inside your mind. So like sixes might value, have equivalent values on multiple ways. Sure. Whereas you recognize multiple ways, but you've picked a winner. Right. Okay. I like that. And not necessarily the right way. I got to get better at saying the right way or the best way. Mm. Because there's more than one way to skin a cat. Ew. Which is the weirdest phrase. I don't know where that came from, that saying. I'll let you guys look it up. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing that one. Maybe they're not putting it on my Google. Oh, gosh. 
Cat skins for sale, 50% Ooh. off. Did she say cat scans or cat skins? <laughs> hey, all you cool cats and kittens. Carol Basket. Killed her? Caused her? Left her. Can't convince me that it didn't, didn't happen. happen. <laughs> Better to tigers they snacking. Carol Basket. Oh my Y'all, god. That was a project, and that's all I'm going to say. Okay. <laughs> Ones and sevens. I love this relationship. Do you have a seven in your life? Oh, I do. I've got my favorite little redhead seven in my life, so mm. shout out, Emily. We have been friends, friends of friends forever. (laughs) So we were actually like born months apart. Our moms are best friends. Anyway, she's a seven, full on seven, and I love every second with her. It's awesome. It's always fun. It's always a great time, and everything's exciting. Everything is awesome. It says that, you know, ones need sevens to teach ones how to be more flexible and spontaneous, and then sevens need ones to help them become more disciplined. Have you have you seen that in y'all's relationship? Oh, for sure. And I can think about a time, well, ones obviously can think about times they've regretted, but <laughs> there was a time where Emily invited me to go do something, and I ended up not, for whatever silly reason, in my head. I was like, eh, no thanks. And I missed out on a really cool opportunity. So now I missed out. Dang. Mm. So I just need to trust that a little bit more. If Emily's like, let's go. I say, yes, ma'am. Yeah, pack my bags. Especially as long as you've known each other. Oh, I for think sure. You've developed a trust that she knows you enough to not drive oh, yeah. you into something yeah. that you'd hate. I think it's a very good partnership as well. Like picking each other's brains from business perspectives. That's extremely helpful as well. Awesome. All right. Ones and eights. This is you and Morgan. I think it's funny how <laughs> ones and eights. It's they're both dualistic. And very strong with how they feel about it. It's just not smooth when you land on two sides of the fence instead of the same side. Right. So I would say conflict resolution is the most important thing with an eights and a ones relationship. Yes. For sure. And that is kind of what sparked our fair fighting course. Mm-hmm. So you guys having conflict and who doesn't have conflict except nines. Except nines, right? That doesn't, it's not real. No, but even in the fair fighting formula, we talk about how disengagement, which is, you know, avoiding conflict, how to overcome that. But then you guys also developed rules and For you sure. have to be helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what we have in the five rules of fair fighting. We just talk about exactly what we've done. So we've combined forces like Farron, yours and Jacob's rules, mine and Morgan's rules, and we found the commonalities, and then also found out what else worked for other people. And boom, there we go. Yeah, so be sure you go check that out. We got a freebie if you want to learn more about that. For sure. All right, once and nine. Yay! Reunited, and it feels so good. It says nines are the best ever. The end. And that's all the book says. That's where it (laughs) stops. It stops halfway through. Actually, the rest of the pages are blank. Okay, it might say that we both repress anger. I don't know what you're talking about. What's the positive spin on so, that? So, like you, you repress your anger and get annoyed. I repress repress my anger and feel resentment. So, we got to work through that. It might also say that we both like to think about big decisions for a long time and someone might have to pull the trigger. Yes, which we did earlier actually tonight and it was yeah, great. It was. I'm ready for bed. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
man. Okay, guys, so that wraps up episode 66. Root, not route, 66. Route. Roots are the ground. (laughs) And in your hair. So this is the path between us. We talked about Enneagram 8, 9s, and 1s. That's the anger slash gut triad. Next week, we will talk about the feeling and the heart triad. But you know what's interesting is we really talked about a lot of numbers tonight. We did. So make sure you check out every episode, not just the number that your triad's in, because you're going to come up in their episodes. Man, and my thought is, if I have two kids, both are two different numbers, and they're not my number, I need to figure out how they need to get better together. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And again, co-workers. That's right. You can't pick your co-workers or your family members. But you can pick your nose. And your clothes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we should be... uh, Singer-songwriters. I don't know about that. <laughs> Coming to your Billboard Top 100 in the category of podcast jingles. Hire us. We're the only one in that category. <laughs> That's why we're the best. All right, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening to the Witty and Gritty podcast. Join us at wittyandgritty.blog where you can subscribe to our newsletter check out our blog, and listen to more episodes. We have a Facebook group out there just for you, for discussion, support, and community. And don't forget to get your freebie that's designed just for this mini-series. If you have any questions, reach out. We'll be right there.